My sensei was Kendo practitioner and instructor, and he was very clear with me. He told me, what do you want? Do you want just a seminar, learning a little about what's Yai? Or do you want to really understand grading, for example, and maybe someday teach this martial art? I told him that I really want to train, to learn, train, and grading. I think something that helped Mexico is that we are really open to all kinds of expressions of self-development, mindfulness. When people from Europe or US, Canada came to Mexico for the very first time, had a good impression. There are serious people that are working in connections with expressions of Buddhism, just not for fashion. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Tokskai Inside Look podcast. Today we're speaking with Genero Luis Sorrentes from Mexico City, Mexico. Genero has been training in martial arts for over 28 years, during which time he's founded the Mexican Asian Budokan in 2003 and started teaching both Iaido and Jodo shortly after. He currently holds the rank of Goldan in Aikido, Yondan in Iaido, and Nidan in Jodo. Hanero is a huge proponent of Iaido and Jodo in Mexico, having organized seminars with Pam Parker Sensei and Thomas Grundle Sensei from the US and Nicholas Diaz Sensei from Chile. In this wide-ranging conversation, we talk about his personal journey in martial arts, the primary motivations that drove him to pursue these disciplines, and their development in Mexico over the last decade. Hanero's story is an important reminder for us that if we set goals in our lives, face challenges head-on, and build relationships that sustain you, the results will come in good time. So, without further ado, here's Hanero Luis Cervantes from Mexico. My name is Hanero Luis Cervantes. I'm Mexican. I studied physics and math here in Mexico City. I started to train Aikido in 1992. Yaido in 26 and Jodo in 2013. Well, why I decided to start Budo? Well, when I was 17 years old, I was not really a Japanese fan or samurai fan or manga fan, <laughs> anime fan. No, unfortunately, when I was 16, I lost my mom. That event was like breaking point in my life. I remember that I heard, well, it's the expression, I heard a voice in my mind that told me that I should pay attention, take care of my education, take care of your mind. I didn't do sports, didn't play soccer, anything. I just studied. My mother and father told me always that I should be good at school but they never encouraged me to sports. So one thing or one change in my life after my mom died was to change things in myself. For example, clothes <laughs> and do one kind of exercise. I was not sure about what my elder brother suggested me that I try Aikido martial art because there was no punches. <laughs> One friend of him trained Aikido. When I had the opportunity to attend to see the class, it was impressive. 
In 26, I decided to change something in my Aikido training. At that time, I had the opportunity to meet Kendo Yaido Sensei, a very skillful uh, Mexican. I asked him if he agreed with teaching Yaido for me and my Aiki students. Well, at the beginning, he refused <laughs> a little. He was not so convinced about teaching just Yai, but he was very kind after an interview. He told me, well, if you really want to learn Yai, let's do the experiment. He never taught a Yai, just Kendo. Our dojo was the laboratory. Um, we fortunately we had the opportunity to convince people in general and that was interested in yai and the dojo grew up soon i think in one or maybe two years we were 15 uh, and at the beginning we were we were a few i think uh, two or three persons training so i think after well my yaido sensei taught me about uh, a little about Jodo, but he told me that he won't teach me about deeper. So in uh, 2013, I had the opportunity to attend in Mexico City again to a Jodo seminar. And I thought that it was the perfect complement, not just for my Yaido practice, even for my Aiki practice, because some things in my Aiki practice and, and when I was giving my class, some things was not very clear with the, the jaw. So while well, the relation between sword and jaw was a really impressive for me and I decided to start the third <laughs> the third way of martial arts in that in this case jodo when you first started when you said you decided that you needed some to try out iaido for not only your own practice but also for your students what was your thinking behind that where was your aikido practice at that point and why did you decide that that was a good time for iaido to be brought in for you and for your students okay well usually in aiki practice I heard that was really connected with the sword, but usually we did just a few suburi with the boken. So I'm taught that if I train with a real sword, it could be helpful. So I asked my students if they were interested in knowing about the sword in a different way, and they encouraged me saying yes. Yes, it could be helpful, nice, of course, because the way I learned Aiki was not related with any kind of kata. For example, there are some branches of Aiki that practice Yai or Aikido special training, and they practice kata. But of course, my experience, we don't train anything about kata. So I thought that was the right time to go deeper in my understanding about this world. And I chose Yai. Well, in Mexico City at that time, there was a, any Yai dojo in Mexico City. My dojo was the first. <laughs> and I think it helped me to understand the relation, not just because I can sword the relation between expressions of Budo. For example, in this case, I practice Aiki, but not Kendo. But Yai is related to Kendo. 
and Jodo too. <laughs> so it was the opportunity to get together, to have a bigger community to practice with. That's very interesting because up until that point, if you were focused on Aikido, Aikido has its own community. And then there's other ones like Judo, Karate, and then there's the Kendo Federation. In Mexico City, what was it like in terms of all these different martial arts? Do they typically just stick to their own groups or is there communication across? Well, I think there are big communities. Of course, Karate, for example, I'm not sure about Judo. Aikido is now is big, at that time was small, medium. So I think we don't share events. I think it's very rare. It's very strange that uh, Aikido train with, uh, at the same time, for example, with Kento people. No, no, it's not that way. I think there's a few communications. And I think 30 years before, dojos were more protective of their communities. So if you, for example, in Aikido, ah, if you train Aikido, ah, don't go to train Kendo. Ah, no, 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 no Kendo. And if you train Karate, ah, Karate is the best. Oh, don't train Aikido. Aikido is not good. Aikido doesn't have competition. For example, there are not tournaments. So you will just train. And what's that? Mm -hmm. How have you found your communication with the Kendo Federation? Who do, you, who do you communicate with? Who do you okay. connect with? I, well, fortunately, as I told you, my Yai sensei was Kendo practitioner and instructor. And he was very clear with me. He told me, what do you want? Do you want just a seminar? Learning a little about the, the Yai? What's, what's Yai? Or do you want to really understand grading, for example? And maybe someday teach this martial art. So as he was a very clear, he go right to the point. <laughs> I told him that I really want to train, to learn and train and reading. So he told me that I must be a member of an association and in Mexico, Mexican Kendo Federation. So he encouraged me to get an affiliation. Not just train like, oh, okay, some people do just train and never ask for a grading or never go to a seminar. No, I decided that I must do the complete set, the complete <laughs> Budo expression, not just like a bit. What were those early days like when you first, you've been Aikido for so long and now you're diving into this other space? Who were, who were the kind of like the first people you met and how have you seen these arts develop in Mexico City or in Mexico in general? Well, the um, develop is, uh, I think, is very uh, slow. Well, if I can say, I think at the beginning, we were a few. So I think as my dojo started to encourage people, students for grading, I think other dojos started to train more formal, yeah, in a more formal way. So younger practitioner decided to copy. <laughs> As I started to travel outside Mexico, I think younger than me practitioners started to travel too. 
And of course, we decided and we choose Canada, <laughs> for example. <laughs> but the community is very small. We are, I think, not more than 100 practitioners in Mexico. So sometimes I think I have to push. And sometimes people do best effort by themselves, traveling, asking for grading. Now there are, for example, more Shodan, Nidan, and Sandan. Mm. Could you talk about any of these trips, either you going to a foreign country to be exposed to more EI, what was that like, or also inviting senseis to come from another country? Could you talk about both of those experiences? Okay. Yes. Well, I think there was a very important event in my EI journey. After three years, I started training EI. My sensei, my Mexican sensei, decided not to teach anymore because of personal reasons. So I lost my sensei. Well, his life, of course, he's in good health, but he's not teaching, he's not practicing anymore. So that situation encouraged me to think about what can I do? Well, I decided to learn outside Mexico. In 2011, there was a Latin American kendo tournament in Mexico City. I took my Shodan Shinsa in that event, and I paid attention mainly to two sensei. One was from the U.S., female <laughs> sensei from U.S., and sensei, very young, very young sensei, that was translating from Japanese to Spanish. And this sensei is from Chile. <laughs> Again, something in my head told me that I should invite those sensei to Mexico. I Something told me, it's like your <laughs> nose told you that. One year after, in 20, 2012, I decided to challenge my Nidan, but in Montevideo, Uruguay. So I carry my yaito <laughs> and go to the adventure in Montevideo. There was a kind of kendo yaido tournament, seminar grading. And while kendo people was in tournament, I noticed that this female sensei again was teaching just for a Brazilian person, just for one. And I decided to talk with her and ask if she can teach me to, or can, I can learn from her in that moment. And she was really kind, really generous. And I had the impression that I was in front of a very, very impressive uh, EI sensei. And I think it's not difficult to know who I'm talking about. Well, I'm talking about Parker sensei, Pam Parker sensei. At that time, I didn't know that she was a very well-known EI practitioner. Uh, I just knew that uh, he was uh, Rokudan at that time. But that was the point uh, of starting a relation. And one year after, in 2015, I decided to write her to invite to Mexico City. And even she just saw me in Montevideo once. She told me, yes, I can go. Well, if you invite me, let's do it. And 
that was the well the beginning of a very close relation learning from Parker Sensei. But as I told you too about this younger practitioner from Chile, well, that time it was difficult to travel, for example, to Canada. I don't have a US visa. And I think until 2016, Canadian government asked Mexicans for visa. So it was really difficult for me to travel to North America. So I decided to went to Chile, to travel to Chile. Also, I got in contact with this sensei, Nicolas Diaz sensei from Chile. And we decided to travel with a small group, in a small group, I think four people. We went for our first time to Chile and we had the opportunity to learn from Kazuhisa Kaneda Sensei. Oh, of course, a very impressive seminar. A lot of people from Latin America. We talked with Dia Sensei to start a relation, but um, thinking in Muso Shindenryu. So Dia Sensei told me that he was agreeing to help us with the communication with Kaneda Sensei. And he invited regularly each year to Chilean Yaido seminar with the Kaneda Sensei. But I, I forgot to tell you that my relation with, well, well as Aiki student, or I think three years after I started, I had the opportunity to learn Aiki from Japanese Sensei in Mexico. But the interesting point is that this sensei was the president of the Canadian Aikido Federation. Maybe some people that heard this <laughs> speech uh, remember Yukio Kawahara sensei. He was our Shihan for 14 years. Unfortunately, he passed away. I, I think in 29, I, I'm not sure if it was in 29 or in 2010, Every seminar, he invited us to go to Canada. And as I was just a student, I don't have enough money. <laughs> I never could went to Canada. But Canada was always in my mind. So when Canadian government finally decided not to ask for visa, immediately I thought I must go to Canada. But unfortunately, not for Aiki, <laughs> for EI. I choose the wealth seminar, Yai and Jodo seminar, for my first trip to Canada. For getting contact also with, I consider now my Jodo sensei, Thomas Grendel sensei. And I think that was the opportunity to learn from Japanese sensei, to stay in contact for my very first time with Canadian people, US people in a very, very huge and impressive seminar. And of course, with Taylor Sensei, I think I met Gojo Omi Sensei in Montevideo, Uruguay. He was very, very, I consider him very skillful, impressive guy. So this, this trip to Canada was the opportunity for staying in contact for the first time with very, very high-ranked Sensei. As I just trained here in Mexico, I have never seen that amount of practitioners and tournaments and Jodo seminar. Oh, no, it was, as we say in Mexico, it's another world. <laughs> 
to a lot of people that aren't from this part of the world, they think that Mexico and U.S. and Canada are very close together. But the countries are huge. The continent is huge. And just traveling from one place to another, there's a lot of challenges. Just to give everyone a sense of it, if you were to go from Mexico City, you, meant, you mentioned to go to Uruguay, to Chile, if you wanted to come to Toronto, Canada, how long does it take you to travel? And what, what's the kind of approximate cost for you to even just come to some of these places? Well, yes, it's, for Mexicans, it's really expensive. Of course, for example, trip to Toronto, we were always looking for discounts. <laughs> for example, maybe $500, I think. Maybe for Canadians and U.S. people, that amount is not so huge. But we have to airplane ticket and the hotel and seminar and grading, for example. Maybe we must consider $2,000, I think, each trip, $2,000 or more, depending uh, if we want to challenge for done grading. The, the cost of grading depends on the, the done you are asking for. So sometimes I used to, for example, pay the plane and I paid it in portions, partialities, during six months. And I have to save money for one year, planning the trip, look for discounts. For Latin America, well, it's worst because it's very expensive to travel to Latin America. If I compare, it's cheaper if we go to Canada than to Latin America. So ah, always I had the opportunity to once, just once, travel to U.S., to Utah, to the U.S. Yaido and Yodo Nationals. Impressive event. Oh, a lot of practitioners. Oh, it's another world. <laughs> no, yes. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about so far, like your exposure, your beginning of Iaido and Jodo, your exposure to the rest of the world. And maybe you can talk about these relationships, particularly with, you mentioned Parker Sensei, Diaz Sensei, and Thomas Grundle Sensei. What other interactions do you have that are memorable to you, either at a seminar or inviting them to Mexico? I don't know, at dinner time or anything that you think about fondly, any specific times that are memorable? Oh, okay. Well, in Mexico, I think I enjoy every conversation with Parker Sensei. She usually, after class, we usually spend two or three hours just talking about uh, life recommendations. She always is very kind, giving good advices. I really appreciate that moment. I think, well, event was when I asked Taylor Sensei for coming to Mexico City for a Jodo seminar. For any reason, she told me that it could not be possible, but he suggested me to invite Ronald Sensei. So it was strange, but I think at the same time, uh, very lucky to receive a Sensei that know nothing about us. So he was very kind. He was uh, very open to explain us a lot of things. Now I appreciate him a lot because he let me train with his dojo community. Even in this time, this pandemic times, 
he let me train with Hoshu Dojo through internet learn from his sensei from Japan, Keigoto sensei. So I think these opportunities didn't happen if I never showed a good spirit training. So I feel really, really happy to have these opportunities. I think every opportunity is special. It's difficult to mention one. I think every time that we receive one sensei from outside or we go outside Mexico, it's very special. For example, Canela sensei was a really kind in Chile, was very happy to receive people from Mexico. I'm very surprised that we traveled very, very far to his seminar. Uh, I think every moment is special. It's difficult to choose one or two, but I think all of them are special. So thinking back to your own practice or the work that you do to help spread Yaido and Jodo in Mexico, especially Mexico City, do you have a particular time that you feel like things are changing for the better where when you first began, there was nothing. And then when did you start noticing that, okay, we have something more here than what I had when I started. You feel confident about the future of these arts, either with yourself or with the city or with the country? Well, I think the reference is our first trip to Canada. I think that some younger people noticed that. And they started to ask me the opportunities for seminar and grading. People from another state, Mexico, started to write to me. They decided to go outside, travel to Canada, to the U.S. I noticed that they were really concerned about improving. So I helped them as much as possible, for example, with the contacts, with the reference, and of course, working with the Mexican Kendo Federation, because we must show documents. For example, the letters of permissions. In Mexico, we call that aval, it's like permission. <laughs> it's letters of permission. And I noticed that I think since 2016, 17, Yaido practitioners started to travel outside Mexico, grading, taking seminars. Some of my students went with me to the seminars, tournaments, in Mexico, there were just two Jodo seminars, and ah, oh, yes, I was forgetting Stroud Sensei. For example, Stroud Sensei comes to Mexico, I think, four times. And he's very open to teach Yai, and I think Stroud Sensei helped to encourage people to go outside for Yaido grading, Yaido seminars. It's a very good example for Kendo Yaido people because also the Asensei, they are very skillful in Kendo, but at the same time, they are really convinced about the relation. And when they explain about this relation between Kendo and Yaido, they are very good examples. And of course, I think Kendo people got more convinced about training Yai. And of course, EI people had the opportunity to know about Koryu. So we are more concerned about improving our knowledge of, for example, Moso Shinden Ryu or Muso Jikiden Ryu. 
One of the great things about these arts, and you've shown it this way too, how it can spread to different countries and you can find some people that are very passionate about it. I'm also interested in terms of this podcast is also showcase the different cultures that these are from. So this might be a hard question, but what do you think about Mexican culture that works well with Japanese culture and Budo culture in general? What have you found is a good mix? Because that's one of the things that's great about these arts is that they can go anywhere in the world and you can find people that want to do it. So what have you seen in terms of the linkages between Mexican and Japanese culture? Well, in Mexico, there is huge interest in Japanese culture. Younger people uh, interested in manga, anime, of course, Japan, of course, Japanese, of course, martial arts. I think Mexican people, we have the idea that in Japan, everyone is practicing very zen. I think that something that helped Mexico is that we are really open to all kinds of expressions of self-development, mindfulness, Buddhism. I'm Buddhist. So that helps that the contact with an expression from, for example, Japan or China, India, be more or be easily be accepted for Mexicans. I think many people look for expressions of mind training, calmness, breathing, yoga, etc. Also, I think we are very friendly, very open when people from Europe or US, Canada came to Mexico for the very first time. I think they had a good impression. Maybe not because of insecurity and anything or something else, but because our manners, our culture, our food help a lot to have a very good impression. I think they, there are serious people that are working in connections with expressions of, for example, of Buddhism, just not for fashion or just for a while. No, they, they are people working and learning deeply Buddhism. There are a lot of practitioners of yoga. There are very good practitioners of martial arts. People with, I think, in karate or Aikido, I think is more people high-ranked. And I think that way of thinking helped us or help Mexican people to have a better relation with another cultures, the expression, in this case, martial expressions. I definitely see that with the few interactions I've had with any Mexican, especially in the Iado community, all of you have been very generous with, with your time and with your, and very kind and open to a lot of things. So it's great to see, great to have you join in this community, especially in this growing Western hemisphere. Or are we in the Western hemisphere? Yeah, Western hemisphere. So I have a few now quick questions just to ask in terms to get to know you a bit better. These are called rapid fire okay. questions. You can either answer them or you can skip them if there's nothing interesting. <laughs> but let's just go okay. through this. So the first one is, do you have a quote or proverb or something like a motto that you live by? I think that as I practice Buddhism, I always think about impermanence, accept that things change. I think one of the things that is more interesting in my relation between Buddha and Buddhism 
is that point. Accept that things change, accept impermanence, train your mind. I think uh, like in English, you say that jewel, jewel, like a diamond. And we have to, not just to take care of our mind, our health mind, we have to train it, not just because we should show more bravery, because to accept transitions, changes, impermanence. And even as I told you, with the experience that motivated myself to start Budo, we have to understand that. Yes, mainly in these difficult moments, we have to reflect a lot about that. Going along that line, I'm going to ask you a question that you could choose not to answer because it might be difficult. If your mother was still alive today, what do you think she would be most proud of with you? Well, I think <laughs> about the changes in myself. She grew up as a farmer, so she couldn't study until, I think, junior high school. So I hope she were proud about that I could study until a master's degree, trip outside Mexico, and of course, my family. <laughs> of course, because my family always support me or encourage me to be a better person. So I think uh, she will be proud of the result. Maybe not my grade, my I grade. Must not she told her anything. But I think about the changes in myself, about the kind of person I am now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she would be very proud of you for where you've become. So switch to a lighter topic. What would you consider is your comfort food? So something that if you're feeling tired or sad or something that you just eat and it makes you feel happy. <laughs> okay. Well, let me think. <laughs> well, I love Mexican food first, <laughs> but I enjoy. <laughs> I'm not a vegan. So I enjoy. In Mexico, we call it chicharron. It's the skin of pork. You, oh yeah, so good. Yes, you cook the skin of pork. I enjoy eating a chicharron <laughs> with beer <laughs> and of course with Mexican guacamole. That sounds so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if someone were to log into your YouTube account on the homepage, YouTube shows you videos based on what you've looked at before. So what are common videos that you would see on YouTube when you open up the app? Well, I think <laughs> cartoons videos, <laughs> yes, for example, the Simpsons, <laughs> Simpsons videos. I think mainly a special manga, maybe you know about it is Saint Oseya. In Mexico, we call them Zodiac related. They are, they use armor and it's about Greece, Athena, some kind of, do you know? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with it, but sounds uh, very no. interesting. <laughs> well, it's because I remember that anime since I studied my university. And when I felt upset about the class or upset about my results in a test, <laughs> I used to arrive home and spend a little time watching this manga. 
Saint I think in Japanese, well, kind of katakana is Saint Seiya. Yes, in Mexico we translate it as Caballeros del Zodiaco. Very cool. So we have time for one more of these questions. When you look at the list, is there any one that stands out? Another question that you have a good answer for? We have Not for really. Well, I just want to mention, well, a very special mention for well, my last Aiki Sensei, because I think it's another point of relation between my EI training and my Aiki training. He usually told me that he doesn't practice Zenkenren Yai or Jodo. But as French, he know a lot of about Europeans that train Yai in Aikido, Koryu also. So he knows a little about Jodo. So when he came to Mexico, he so thought about, he usually asked me about, well, I will teach Aikiken Aikiyo. I, I won't teach Yaido and Jodo, but he always had a good connection with me. I think because of this interest in the sword, the jaw, and of course this mindfulness profile that I think Budo developed in us. I think if I could say something that is the best result of my Buddha journey is the sense of that I can have a very more deep relation with this concept of mind training. I focus on mind training. I don't enjoy fighting. You can see I train three martial arts, but they don't have competition. Well, of course, Yai and Jodo, but it's another kind of competition. You show your kata, you don't fight. You don't cause injuries on your partner. So I think my profile is that the way of peace, but I think Aiki Jodo have a common philosophy the meaning of not do nukitsuke just because do nukitsuke you have to think about another ways of convincing the other not to continue attacking jodo i think is the same try to calm this war with the job but not causing causing injuries and i feel really comfortable with that profile of martial art i had never trained or tried Kendo or Karate or Judo or any kind of Jutsu, for example, Jiu-Jitsu, never. So I think it's a very, very good decision in my life. I think it's the best decision in my life to train these three martial arts. I feel really comfortable with them. And I think it's uh, are the, the expressions where I can do something to help. I think maybe if I train karate or kendo, I think I really don't be very helpful. And thank you so much for not only focusing on being a good role model in terms of a practitioner of these arts, but also teaching your students locally, trying to grow the number of people that can benefit from these arts. And also when you invite people to your city and host larger seminars, you're helping to spread that to a lot more people. So that effort is super valuable and greatly appreciated from a lot of people. So thank you so much for doing all your work. Oh, 
Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for this opportunity. My best regards to Canadians, sensei and practitioners. You are always very kind with us. In this case, my, my dojo feels really connected to Canada. We are very happy to have very, very good friends and very, very good sensei and special thanks to Omi sensei, Cruz sensei, Taylor sensei, not just because they are very, very skillful practitioners because of their effort to also spread Yai, Jodo, the opportunities of grading huge seminars, I think the most significant seminars in America. So we appreciate a lot that effort that uh, Yaido and Jodo Canadian community do had chances for, for learning, for improving. We consider you really, really our friends. We are a very, very good example for me and speaking for my dojo for us. It's great that we can connect online like this and then hopefully in the not too distant future, we can get back together in person. Thank you. Thank you very much, Patrick. All the best for you. Please keep safe. And we, it will be very great to see you again in Canada. And of course, had the opportunity to train. I, I usually see your videos, your kata perform, and I consider you one of my examples. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, That's embarrassing. No, uh, yeah. If I challenge my fifth dan, uh, choose examples of fifth dance, <laughs> let me see your kata, because I don't have any idea of, <laughs> of how should I show myself when I challenge my fifth dan. I don't have any idea. In Mexico, I don't have peers. I think in Mexico, there are just uh, four dance and they are older than me and we don't stay in contact with each other. So I don't have any example for fifth dance. Of course, uh, Dia Sensei, but uh, we see each other once in a while, every year maybe, <laughs> but comparing with Canada and US where you can train fifth dance, Roku dance, Nana dance together, well, I don't have examples. So sometimes I feel like in the darkness. <laughs> yes, so we're all doing our best. Hopefully we can help you more because we appreciate that you are putting in so much effort without the same support that we have. So definitely keep up the great work and then we'll see what other means we can to help each other out over time. Okay. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a great day. Have a very, very good day. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode because we have a lot more exciting conversations to share as we explore the world of the traditional Japanese martial arts. The Inside Look podcast is available on most common podcasting platforms and on YouTube. Remember to subscribe to not miss out on new interviews as they are posted. We're always looking for feedback to improve, so please write us a review or drop us a line at podcast at tokushikai.ca or on Facebook and Instagram at tokushikai.canada. Until next time, thanks for listening. 